This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Hold your carriage horses and tighten those corsets. Bridgerton is back. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom. But has Penelope truly pushed aside her feelings for Colin? Will Colin realize his feelings before another suitor takes Penelope's hand? This gentle reader can't wait to find out. Watch part one of Bridgerton only on Netflix May 16th. Hello and welcome to the You Up Podcast. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Jared Free. Jordana, it is a pleasure to be back here with you virtually once again. How are you? What's going on? Um, I'm I'm pretty good. I mean, I have to say New York is a very boring place right now this winter. So I know you're in yeah. Florida. You're very lucky um, to have nice weather able to be outside it is um it is very boring yeah i'll say no listen this <laughs> yeah, is that's really this, it was is, the, this is the that's reason that's a luxury I'm... issue right now i get that yeah but <laughs> no listen I, i'm uh, this is you know why i ran away i was like my parents are like we have this guest room come on down and you know breathe some fresh air and i and i and, and genuinely it was because you know in my mind i was like i just want to take a walk like the minute i couldn't walk the bridge was the minute i was like locked in you know just in the confines of like 20 by 20 like it's just like the you know the the space issue and and I, so i i again i know how lucky i am i'm not i'm not gonna right. go it's on funny. and on about the sunshine and the beaches <laughs> and the bicycling and the working out outside and the and the you know the lo- socially distanced restaurants where you can eat you know at them yeah i'm not gonna go right. on and on uh, yeah, and that now you know. Now that I've got the visual painted, um, it's funny that nothing hit home more than you see that meme with like the bird walking on the beach, and it's like going on my like little daily walk, like stupid daily walk, just to feel something. Yeah, it was like, that eagle. It was a it yeah. was a bald eagle, and it looks <laughs> it looks so angry. And it's like I just I remember there's a coffee place that's like uh, a few blocks away from where my apartment is in New York, and like. Just there was one day where that walk was like me. You know that like rush walk you do when it's too cold, but you don't want to run. I was yeah. doing that, and I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, this is gonna Not be happening. bad." I, 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 I gotta get, I gotta find some sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I'm still doing the walks. I put on. Um, it's just like it's you put on your fucking like 15 layers, your hat, your scarf. It's just like for to go nowhere. <laughs> like, like i used to do that to go into work and it like was say okay like i have to get from point a to point b now i'm just sure it's it feels weird to me to do it for like fun it's just like no, not I, that pleasant and you're doing it for your health like mental yeah. health like it's weird to be doing it for that like so it's nice to get done with a workout and go you know what i feel mentally healthier now it's not nice to be like, I got to do this workout so I'm mentally healthier. Like, it's right. not the same. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. It's not like, a, oh, let's go for a little walk. It's like, I have to go for this little stupid walk. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that was a great I, meme. I love that. I, I really, I felt it. I felt it too. I, I felt it too because I remember the big thing about in New York when you couldn't really go in anywhere was also this feeling of like, you were in the montage of your own life. So like I would like turn out of bed, look out the window and then I would look out in the morning and then I would go to bed by looking out the same window and turning into the same bed. But I really didn't move anywhere that whole day. 
Right. And it just felt like I was in this, like, you know, when someone does 360, I took a picture for every day of the year <laughs> of my face. It kind of felt like that. That's really funny. Yeah. I mean, um, it definitely feels that in some ways it feels like your life is like move, like the world is moving and you're like in your same spot because you're not actually doing anything. And I think that's the weird part. I also think that must be like, um, a certain part of being single in in a city like New York right now, I can see how it'd be tough to feel like, you know, time is kind of just like passing and you can't really like grow further with the yourself time. in that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can't really be working towards, let's say like dating or something like that in the same way that you could before. Like there's just not as much, as many possibilities it's, there. It's very frustrating. I've had this conversation with a few people. I don't think it's just you or I, this is a feeling a lot of people are getting. And I think it's because of how long this whole thing is going. And also, you know, you hope with a new administration that there's a feeling of a plan. Like there right. feels like <laughs> there's no plan at this point right now before, it you know, just yeah. we're taping this on inauguration day, but like, you know, getting into inauguration day, I think a lot of people are excited to see a new administration come because, well, well, how about some direction? When is, you know, Publix? When is, you know, Stop and Shop? When is Walmart going to have, you know, a vaccine so we can, you right. know, what's the 10 the day, the five, you know, the, the 20 the day, the 100 day? Plan? Yeah, what's yeah, the I mean, my, plan? My dad, who's over 65, who's supposed to get, he's supposed to get a vaccine today and they just like called him yesterday. They were like, shipment just never came. Sorry. Like, like, like yeah. It's so, kind of just like a I think that's frustrating. Like, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. No, I was gonna say it just seems like hopefully yeah, like like exactly what you said. Like hopefully this is sort of like the beginning of some sort of streamlined, actionable plan to like get shit or done. At least an attempt. I mean, like, because <laughs> all of us are young and mostly healthy, which thank goodness, but we're all at the back of the line and that's okay. But we're at the back of the line going, is it moving up there? And everyone, <laughs> you know, and they're yeah. all just like, no, we don't know what the fuck is going on. It feels like I'm in the back of the line at Disney and we're yeah. going to take a turn and then find out there's 30 more, you know, lines in front of you. You're like, oh my God, yeah. it's a whole nother room before we get to the roller coaster. You know, it's that. Exactly. It's like the Whole Foods line. Like I'm fine with being in the back of the line if the line is moving. Yes. It's very... If the, I, right. If the line is moving, I'm like, you know, you tell say the you're like, should we get on this line or should we just go home? And they're like, you know, it seems like the line's moving. Let's exactly. just let's just get on. But America, there does come a point where it's like, I've been no one's moved in ten minutes. Like, is any yeah? If, if America does feel like a line that you just look at and you go home, you're like, ah, right, we'll do it another it. time. <laughs> yeah, I I and I think you know this conversation. It it relates to dating. It relates to career. It relates to relationships generally like you know like i'm sitting here in my apartment in new york like will we extend it will we not my girlfriend and i look at each other what she's like well maybe we'll just stay in the building i'm like i'm not staying in a building where i'm paying twice as much than i could be paying otherwise and then it's like where are we gonna go and i'm like i don't know and the line's right. not moving you know <laughs> like i i and so and and it's frustrating too and i'm in florida and i'm aware and i try to stay aware of like what you're saying, like you're saying New York is boring. Like I understand that. I empathize with that. I, I understand that I'm in a very lucky situation. I don't think, I think there's parts of the country you talk to people. I don't think they know how lucky they are or they're looking at places and going, what are they doing up there? That's stupid. Like they, and, 
it's and it's frustrating to hear that because you're like, no, the, there's a line that needs to start moving. You should you need to be outraged too, even for the people, even though your life hasn't changed at all. That's been a difficult thing, you know, for me right. to like kind of deal with when having these conversations. But yeah, it, it always feels like I like want the line to move, and I like do, um, you know what I mean? The the stakes are not so dire. It's like uh, we, I mean, we talk about this a lot. It's like yeah, I want to get married at the end of the year, so like yeah. I want the line to move <laughs> so I can get married and not have to deal with like shit or like people yelling at me on Instagram for getting married. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> but, but like, that's but that's some the people great... want want the back the line to move so they can like not so they can live like that's a yeah. bigger deal. Like I I get that while still. Being annoyed but, for my own personal selfish reasons but that's the great problem we have and that's a lot of i think a lot of our listeners are in the same boat where it's like i just want the line to move so i can go on a first date and <laughs> see if i like this person so i stop wasting my time for six months over facetime with someone that will never go on the first date like that's totally relatable and i'm with yeah. you 100 like i'm 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 that way with shows i just want live shows to happen where people feel comfortable in the room and you can be full capacity and you can have a you know it's all and and the people not admitting to that are frustrating too like the yeah. ones that are going and people are dying. And it's like, we know, we know, we, I think everyone's yeah. at there, you know, the, well, the shaming people aspect get to be at the this. front of the line. <laughs> yeah. I kind of just envision like, I'm like the most efficient way to, way to do this has got to just be like, you literally just like a lot, like, like go around with a needle, just stabbing anyone you see with like this <laughs> fucking vaccine. Like there's gotta actually, be, <laughs> and I then they throw that. them an index card, you know? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now you're good. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I, I actually said, I was talking to a friend today. I was like, the only speech I want to hear Biden give is one where he goes on stage with a syringe in his hand, and he goes, start the line here. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. First, Pull who's up. first? Who's yeah. first? Starting with the A's, over 75, last name, Apple. You know, like, I yeah. want, like, See. yeah. <laughs> so, um, a yeah, graduation. Listen, I, be like, they should, at graduations, they should get a diploma and a shot just right away. That, that's, Just start pricking people left and right. So is there anything going on at uh, Betches right now other than staring at a wall and being stuck inside? Yeah. I mean, we're, well, Sammy is hosting a new show called Morning Announcements. Um, it's very exciting. Yeah. It's like very quick. It's a five minute thing in the morning you listen monday through friday you just get like the news that you need to know it's five minutes podcast and then it's done and you know it and no one keeps up with the news more than sammy fishbein my co-founder um does so she will have all the information for you so check out the morning announcements it's our new show by betches yeah get subscribed i always i always say to someone with like a new exciting podcast like this one just get subscribed. Like just, you know, and, and it. it's wait, but also it's waiting for you when you're ready to try it. Like, you know, maybe today is not the day. I'm not saying, you know, but maybe like you're going to be sitting on a Saturday being like, ugh, what, what the fuck's going on? Oh, okay. I got this podcast. It's just waiting for me. So, and, yeah. and in other podcast news, I'm, I'm co-hosting The Bachelor. Oh, and yeah. We have I've talked about it's going it. great. It's been going great. I think we got a good thing cooking. So and and I know that maybe I've gotten a lot of messages being like, oh, I used to listen. Now I'm back. And it's like, that's very sweet to that's hear. Awesome. But like if you're out there and you want to hear about the bat the bachelor, we're doing segments. We do a recap and then we're doing, you know, new segments at the end that are, have been a lot of fun. Would you rather's and. 
who would you, you know, who would you date and who would you put on paradise? And, you know, we're talking about it in a different way that I don't think a lot of bachelor podcasts are doing. So get subscribed to that. Yeah. If you used to listen, you stopped, get back there because Jared's got some fresh, hot takes for you. Um, and I mean, Claire and Dale, you want to talk about Claire? I, I, I mean, I could, I, I go into Claire and Dale. since, since that, that's the last thing I watched in the bachelor world. So Claire and Dale breaking up is a fantastic story that I, I think is very relatable to anyone dating in their 30s. That's what I'll say about that story. It is just, it is, um, and anyone that's like getting into like, you know, marriage in their 30s and, and moving into the next phase of life. It's just interesting with Claire, like she wanted to tell us all how successful she was before she, she spiked the football before getting in the end zone, it kind of felt like, and now the audience is happy to see her fail. It's a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, it's like, I say this a lot whenever I have a friend that tells me they met the perfect guy and they went on one date with them. I'm like, this is not going to work because you are delusional. Yeah. Um, like, because you don't know the person well enough to say that. And I think she built the, this whole thing and, in her head. It was just like, she just, and the frustrating thing about Claire is that she, I feel like is one of those people that does the same thing over and over again and blames someone else, even though her pattern is like so clear to anyone else who watches her you're very right and and it's different when it's your friend telling you that they met the perfect guy and it didn't but then and it's different for her telling the whole world like she handled this as and i'm not saying like everyone needs to go on the bathroom be this humble servant of relationships but you should be a little humble you should understand, I, I don't think she understood the audience watching her. Like, for her to, like, tell an audience of mainly women, like, that's right, ladies, wait for the one that's right for you. And it's like, you don't know anything. You met this person for two weeks. So, like, it, it like a lot of people were messaging me just being like, I told you I knew this was happening. It's like everyone knew this would happen. Right. It's more interesting that the audience is cheering for it to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that usually is not the case. And I mean, I do feel bad because clearly she has some sort of like thing where she can't like realize this thing. Like I can see her going on another Bachelor franchise and doing the same thing over again because there just doesn't seem to be much like insight going on in her own head. It 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 feels there's something going on. There's something else. at And also it's like the trappings of like modern relationships. Like we deal with this a lot. We're like, you can understand that she fell she fell in love with someone's Instagram profile. That happens. You can understand someone getting too excited and getting ahead of themselves. We can all understand this, but it is interesting to watch it happen kind of in like before our eyes, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I um I think that that thing was like it was more it was not like if it was very, very much when. So I'm um, Yes. I guess they picked the night before the inauguration, so because they knew they wouldn't really be like that competitive with the big with the big news of the week. Sure, um, but I enjoyed that. If you want more of ja Jared's bachelor takes, listen to the Bachelor. Um, yes, it's going to be great. He's got you know we've got the Bachelor going on. As I've said, there's no place more boring than New York right now. So if you want to fill your time, check out the Bachelor. Check out Jared. Um, and should we get into the show? Let's get into the show. Before we get started, I'm doing live shows. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. Also, Des Moines, Iowa. My 
my go-to punchline for Nowheresville, USA. I'm coming. <laughs> so Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, Tampa, Florida, I'll be doing shows, uh, socially distanced shows. They all have their own policies. Get in touch with the club if you want to look into what they're doing. I got a whole new uh, hour going on that I've been working on, so I'm, I'm excited to work on some jokes in a live setting. So come on out, come on out, come on out. There's no better feeling than spinning around in a salon chair to see your hair looking absolutely perfect. But it feels impossible to come up with that same look at home. Even the best blowout brush won't give you that salon shine. Thanks to Vegamore, sticking to my hair routine has never been easier, and I'm finally seeing the shinier, healthier-looking hair that I've always wanted. Now I love the way my hair looks and feels. It's like salon fresh hair that starts at the roots. I have the Grow Hair Serum, and I can already tell that it's working. Like, my hair feels healthier. I love that it doesn't make my hair feel oily or sticky. I feel like I'm doing something really healthy for my I also got to try the lash serum and the brow serum. Honestly, my hair has been hard to grow. So I love what Vegamore is doing. And I'm already seeing results. I'm already seeing thicker, faster growing hair. Vegamore products are 100% cruelty free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. When it comes to seeing results, the key is consistency. For best looking results, use for a minimum of three months for visibly fuller, healthier, and thicker looking hair. When I sign up for monthly subscription, I can get one bottle or three bottles sent. Plus I save more and I never run low on the products I need to take care of my hair. Give your hair the power of a little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, you up listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash UUP and use code UUP at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash UUP, code UUP to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash UUP, code UUP. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oleayi was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Let's do the show. Let's do it. All right. I will read the email. And the opening topic is how you deal with parents that excessively pressure you to date. Um very difficult was your yeah. were your parents ever that way well here's the thing one of the there's a lot of drawbacks of having like eight siblings right mm-hmm. but one of the benefits is that no one really gives a shit what you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean there's already like nine grandchildren in my family no one's sure. like no one you know i mean I, even with like career like it was great to do batches coming from my family because it's like my mom already has like the doctor and the lawyer and all that other standard shit. So it's kind of like, I mean, I we get the comments, but like, I do, I do feel like it's kind of like no one. I always felt like no one really was that invested. You could fly under the radar, so to speak. If you came with a good ladder speech to the holidays, would that be okay? Like, if like like this is like what you're saying makes sense to me. Like, if if your mom was like. So what's going on? You were like, uh, Betches is, is growing and I'm still dating around, haven't found anyone yet. She'd be like, okay, next up. Like she would like go to the next right. kid. 
Yeah, I think it would be. It, it was kind of like that. It, there would always be some sort of comment, I think, especially as like a woman and like the idea of like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, my mom would make comments about how like, you know, I was getting old to have a baby or something like that. Mm. Definitely. I've heard, And she probably started making those comments when I was like 23. <laughs> she, she, well, my mom had her first kid at 19. So sure. um, I be, yeah, I've been getting those kinds of comments for a while, but it was never like really about the partner but i do think i don't do men get that quite as much i feel like there's way less commentary no. about like when you're gonna meet someone or settle down it's not i've never really gotten that and and i think it like i think that all trickles down to how men date and how i i think you get like the are you seeing anyone but it's mm -hmm. never like like I'm only now. I'm, TikTok. I mean, I'm, yeah, I tick TikTok. I got we, men get more of like the. It's a weirder thing. It, like not, I don't know, weirder, but it's just weird. You get like um, so like, like you get more of like the shitty shit of like, uh, I guess the party's over. Once you do this, it's over from there. Like I get a lot of that with like. Like moving in with Jess, you'd hear from people being like, like "You had a good run," like so you get like that, the opposite almost. Yeah, like the like, opposite pressure. Yeah, life now will suck forever. Like you get a lot of that, but only once you start getting serious with certain, you know, in relationships. Like I remember, I have a good friend who once told me she was like this very successful. She's this very successful woman, and she was like, "People ask me more about the guy I'm seeing than my work," and I was like, "That sucks." That's that's yeah. a that's an that's an annoying. I could see how the how you if you start at that you see how all this dating stuff is becomes more difficult right. for women. I think especially with anyone who is a little bit older, if you're dealing with like parents or gra especially grandparents, because those people just like grew up in an age where like if you were like 30 and single, that you were just like not marketable or like everyone mm. in, and I mean like the everyone was probably all those people are probably in very unhappy marriages but still it was just like they're just not really like i think what their experience with dating so long ago is so far away from what the world the options available to women are now that i do think that there's a sense of like i kind of get that it's a little different but like i still sort of believe in this like theory that like you know a younger person is a more of a cat a younger woman is a more of a catch than an older woman yeah, it's 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 a very messed up like psychology that's going on. It's like it's all social shit. It's like and it's like, listen, we can rage on about it or we can see it and try to like be aware and like maneuver ourselves to make it better. I think also like it's um there's a little bit like of their time. It was a little bit of like, you know, the um being what's it called blissfully naive. Right. You know, like, like the idea, like, and that goes for male, female, whatever. Like you married the bet, you know, the person that lived down the street. It wasn't like, well, maybe there's someone better that, you know, better for me. Like this idea of like finding the right match is kind of a new idea. Totally. Totally. I mean, like, yeah, the idea also that you would, I mean, in some ways, maybe what they went through is in some ways better because I don't think the older generations really expected to find totally everything that they needed in a partner from one person. Yeah. Like I do think there was more like, well, I have a friend who I like to talk about this about, and I have another friend who like, 
you know, makes me feel special in this way. And then my partner is, is this way. But I do think like the concept that you, that the person needs to check every box of fulfillment is like a very much like a, a sort of entitled yeah. newer generation thing. Cause it's not really that realistic that someone is going to like fill every one of your needs. That one person is going to do that. Totally. And, and it's like, it, it it's like just rearranging your expectations and like, it's like, you know, when someone talks about like money, it, it, it's interesting when you talk about money, it's like, is that person rich? And then there's always that one person that'll be like, well, how much do they spend? You know, like when you look at it from that angle, it's like, oh, I guess if I didn't spend as much, I'd have, you know what I mean? Like, you know, right. like it's not, it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you spend. Like someone said that to me once and it's like, well, when you look at it from that angle, like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and so it's like, I don't think parents look at it from that angle when it comes to relationships. Like, so I think like when a parent is pressuring you and you're like, again, it's that like uh, going back to like, it's not about how much you make, it's how much you spend. It's like, if you looked at them and go, would you rather me be in a horrible relationship or with the right per with, with, with seven kids, but, or in a, the right relationship with one kid. Right. You know, like what would they choose for you? Right. And I think that like, again, like the other thing is like people not under, I think older people not understanding that you can have a really happy, fulfilling life without someone is something because like, there's so, I mean, you could try, not right now, you could travel hypothetically. Yeah. Um, you could, you know what I mean? There's so much more that you can do. Whereas like, I don't think the world was quite as, like you said, there's less options. Also just the world is less big yeah. um, when, when they were dating. So I think it's just a difference in perspective. So I, I agree. I don't think the answer is like to get like mad about the different, the, the generational differences, but just understand that like that's their opinion because they're just had an entirely different experience than you. And it's also... They just want you to be okay. I remember, and and I remember when I started doing comedy, my dad was like very supportive. My dad was like, my if I told this on here before, but like I, basically when I started doing comedy, I was like, I want to be a stand-up comedian. My dad was like, okay, so you want to be one of the guys at the table at 30 Rock who's like writing. Like he was like, you want to be one of those guys? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go knock at the door at NBC and they're going to have me as one of the writers like sitting around that table. I was right. like, but in his mind, that was his way of like saying like, you're starting a business. It was his reaction to it. And he's like, he could understand it in those terms. Okay. You're starting an entrepreneurial endeavor. And I said to him, I go, if it's writing greeting cards, at least I'll be happy because that's how it ended up. At least the road that got right. me there will make me happier for, for getting there. Because you feel I, like your skills are a match or whatever. I, yeah. Or what, what I, this is what, wherever this takes me from day one, as I'm telling them that I want to do this, it takes me there. But at least I'll be working hard. And this is like an entrepreneurial endeavor. My dad got it. My mom didn't, it was tough for her. And mm-hmm. it, it was like two years until, because I think with moms, especially, moms want to go to other moms and go, my kid's a doctor, done. I did a good job. That is doctor. I I am okay. So like if we think of this from like the narcissistic point of view, which all of us are, all of us are a bit of a narcissist. All of us are the star of our own movie. 
your mom, your dad that keeps asking about your relationship is 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 just trying to find a simple story to let everyone else know right. that they did a good job as a parent. So if you start there, you can start to understand why they're harping on you. It's not about you. It's also but about them. them. So yeah. it, 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 so whole- I, 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 I just remember my mom. She was just like, like she'd be like, he's a right, like hearing my mom explain my what uh, what my job was was like hearing nails on a chalk bar. He's a writer. It's funny sometimes. I don't know. Right. And then the minute like it became real to her, the minute I was like on stage, like it took like a couple years. And then she was like, oh, I get it. Like, and and it took, and so it takes time with everything for a totally. parent to understand. Well, that's exactly yeah. like what I was telling. Like my mom already had the doctor yes. and the lawyer that she could already tell about all those other people. So it was kind of <laughs> like, um, you know, I'm her sixth child. Sure. So it's kind of every all the things I do is like extra. Yeah, she did well with five. If the <laughs> six doesn't work out, she yeah, doesn't look like, like a whatever. failure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's do the let's do the email that relates to this because I think yeah. it, 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 it's uh, a lot of this stuff is in there. All right, I'll read it. Hey, j and love the podcast. I discovered it a year ago and have binged episodes all the way back to when you started. My question is around my parents pressuring me to seriously date slash get married. For context, I'm female, 25, and had a handful of short-term relationships and one longer-term relationship early in college, but nothing serious for the past few years. My parents have recently been pressuring me to find a serious boyfriend because they want me to get married in my mid to late 20s. The pressure comes in the form of constant conversations, even my mom trying to set me up with people she's met at work or out casually. The pressure isn't coming due to any cultural reasons, but more so because my parents got married young, around 25, and have a wonderful, successful marriage. On top of that, they both have numerous siblings who never got married and now live a single life into old age, uh, which my parents perceive as lonely. I know they're pressuring me because they fear I'll be single forever if I don't get married young. I also understand that this fear stems from their personal experience, so I don't blame them for feeling that way, but I do wish they'd understand my point of view. I do want to get married one day and find my happily ever after, but I have a hard time faking interest or continuing on a relationship once I have even an inkling of doubt. I won't settle if I don't feel the magic To make things more complicated, I currently live with my parents, so I have anxiety about bringing COVID into the house, uh, so I've avoided dating the past six-ish months. If these were non-COVID times, I'd definitely be putting myself out there more on dating apps, etc. My parents' retort to the above is that I should online date slash get to know someone over text, etc. I did try that early in COVID, but I just have the hardest time getting into it without the physical aspect. When I tried to explain that to them, they didn't understand why I couldn't just lay the foundations over text slash FaceTime. I've had numerous conversations with them about how I feel and how their pressure makes me feel terrible slash less than, et cetera. Unfortunately, they never seem to have sympathy or try to understand my point of view. So my question to you is, what would you do if you were me? Any suggestions on what to do? I'm struggling with this and would appreciate any help you can give. Many thanks. Sincerely, my parents are pushy AF. <laughs> well, this is a good email. I think it, it it's very relatable. I think there's a lot of people out there. I'll say this. Sometimes the answers are in the email and Mm -hmm. I'll say this based on reading this email and hearing it again from you reading it, Jordana. She's in the no zone. Um, It's a lot of no's from her. I won't (laughs) do this. And and so it's like, I understand what she's saying, but if I were her parents, I'd be like, you're a little negative about this. Like I would be on there. I'd be standing next to them being like, you know, she does get negative. Like I would be like, it doesn't this like, and listen, I'm not saying her problem isn't a real problem. I'm just saying it ain't going to get solved the way she wrote this email. 
Right. I don't know if her problem for her, though, is that she like can't meet someone. I feel like her problem is that she lives with these people who make her feel worse about it, about something that's like she's she kind of cares about, but not really. Yeah. And but she can't, I see what you're saying. I agree. She is definitely being negative. Yeah. It's not about her. Me- I'm saying like the, the tone of this email. You can tell that the conversations with the parents aren't great. Yeah. Like, well, like I, I, you know, what were you going to say? Yeah. I mean, my advice to her in some senses, and I know this is obviously easier said than done, is to move out. Like, okay. I mean, I get that that's like, doesn't necessarily solve the issue. But if you're 25 and you don't feel like hearing the same conversation over and over from someone who like keeps kind of annoying you with the same conversation, like you don't have to live there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, this is. I think that that's again, I'm with you, but I think that also like doesn't preserve the family. I think, you know, like I think she has to first start at her family just cares about her. Like none of this is because her family wants to make her feel bad. I think if you I, start at that, just like let's start at base level. Your parents aren't trying to make you feel bad. They're just fearful and fear, as we've seen with many things brings out kind of the worst in people. I agree with that, but I'm just saying like, I do think like if you're going to continue to live with people and I, and even if you can understand, they just want the best for her. I do think it's important to like establish your boundaries. If someone's like giving Mm -hmm. you anxiety by constantly like bringing up things that they think you need to do a good solution to that would for me would be like to surround yourself with people who don't give you that anxiety. If that's not something that you really want to work on. Like I, and like, or put up or try to, it sounds like she's tried to put up the boundary of like, I'm happy and I'm fine with this. And I don't really want to talk about it. And the person and her parents aren't really listening to that. To me, it would be like, okay, then like go somewhere where like, that's not a constant source of conversation. Put up, make a, put up a little distance. Well, so let's say she moves out and then they talk on the phone once a week and half the conversation is about her not finding a guy or not dating what it what it what would i would say to that stop and i've had yeah yeah, i've had periods of having those kinds of conversation i would say listen i know you're worried about me i'm actually really happy i'm like i'm dating it's something i wanted i want to get married eventually it's a it's definitely a priority for me in my life but currently i'm happy so like when you talk to me about when i'm when we're constantly talking about this and you're constantly bringing it up it's giving me more anxiety about something that i wouldn't necessarily be that anxious about so mm-hmm. if you could stop talking to me about that let's talk about something else if there if you could stop talking to me about that i would appreciate it but just know that this is something that i'm doing and i'm actively doing it but if you can't stop talking to me about it then like we might not be able to talk at all oh well also i think that's a great place to start and it's i i think it's also to add on to what you just said because i think that's a perfect response I think it's also to say you're making me feel like you think I'm a loser. Like, (laughs) like, like, cause it's right now, again, what you're saying in the world where she's like, I'm having a good time dating around and finding guys in the way I'm finding them. And when they talk to her about it, it does feel like she feels that they're just like judging her lot in life, which is to say she's a loser. Right. And to and, say and she's, like, she's automatically unhappy because she's 
yeah. single. And I think that would be, I think that was what with my dad, I remember him saying that kind of thing too. He's like, I just want you to be happy. And I'm like, what is giving you the indication mm. that I'm not happy? I remember yeah. being single and saying that to him, like, what is giving you the indication that I'm not happy? Like, I don't need someone to be happy right now. Yeah. I want eventually, but I just don't, I don't understand I, where that's coming from. That response, what, the way you're talking with your dad, like hypothetically, or the way you talked with your dad mm -hmm. before, is so different than stop setting me up, stop telling me to do what to do, stop, do no, 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 no. I think the best way is to ask questions. Do you think I don't look happy? What are you most concerned right. about? And when you say this, I feel like you're saying my whole life right now is a waste of time, and I don't believe that to be the case. Like, I think right. you have to, like, yeah. make it, make, this conversation needs to be about something not dating related. And it has to be about the way the dating conversation is making you feel. And also asking them questions about what are they fearful about. Because this is about their fears for you and, and for themselves. Right. I guess they fear, they probably fear that she's never going to meet someone, that she's getting older and her marketability mm. is going to decrease. I think that's a, sure. that's a fear of parent that parents have for their children, that especially with daughters, they need to marry them off before, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I think maybe for some people financially, if they're supporting someone, they kind of want to like, I think part of that is like sort of seeing an exit for them in terms of a job and a partner. Yeah. I think a lot of the I, times that's interwoven. Absolutely. Like I, I can understand all those fears, but I think they would be less fearful if they talk with her and hear how calm she is and hear how she's in no rush and how like a guy's going to come at some point, but it's going to be the right match. And I'm looking for things in a different way than maybe you would look for them for me. Like having, and, and also asking the questions that we were asking before, would having a guy that I'm miserable with be better than having no guy that I'm happy uh, when I'm happy alone? Right. I would ask that question like, and, and see how they answer. Oh, we just want you to be happy. If that's the case, you got, you're making me unhappy every time you bring this up and make me feel like I'm running out of time against a clock that doesn't exist. Yeah. And I mean, I, to the to the move out thing, I think that's like almost like if all else fails, surround yeah. yourself with people who don't make you feel that way. If they really can't bring it in themselves to like stop laying on that pressure that it's actually causing you anxiety, like don't be around it. If you can't move out, I would also say like my because like I know in my life, like my parents are people I have to deal with forever. Like, there's no move out. Like, you know, like I... <laughs> You're going to be in this room in your I'll parents' house. I'll be in this house pool house until we all die. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm just saying... I'm not going anywhere. Nowhere. And that, I'm staying on out, the cell yeah. phone plan, too. <laughs> Every... For the rest of time. I have no, you know, and I have no, like, metaphorical move out at my disposal. My parents will be nudging me until forever because I kind of enjoy it. I kind of enjoy being, you know, out for dinner with my parents and I take the good with the bad. I take them sitting me down about my eating the day after they told me to eat. Like I take that in stride a little bit, but I would say to her, say a few more yeses, make them feel like they're a part of it. Like when she talks about like my, my mom will try and set me up with random people 
Well, let's start. You have to start at letting her do that and then letting her hear your feedback on the guys. He's not really my type. Uh, I don't think I'd blow him. She'd be like, what? You know, like I, I, you know, another annoying thing that Jewish mothers and my mother in particular, I feel like used to do or like is they would try to set you up with someone that you were just like, I, they were like, do you know me at all? Like this person has a pulse. So you think that they're a good match for me? Like, yeah. (laughs) What about this person makes it like that? I think is very frustrating when like someone's like, and also that nothing makes you feel more like a loser than like someone trying to set you up with someone that you know you would never date and they're like well you you know you and at this point you just need anyone so like just go out with this you know what i mean like they're trying it like they're like oh you you want a career like there's a job opening like at a fast food restaurant like it's kind of like do you not have that i think I, is, yeah. is much more when you're talking about being feeling like a loser i remember like my mom used to kind of do that. And I would just be like, nothing makes me feel worse than you thinking I would be a good match with this person. (laughs) Well, in their defense, they don't know what you're into. Like (laughs) your parents aren't over your shoulder being like, Oh, that's the pawn you're watching. Like they're not like, like, so they know only that they love you. Like I, I, I understand like everything you're saying. And I don't, I, I, I agree with you. Like that moment of feeling like a loser, like that's the person that's when I like I, I that's when I do have the conversation with my mom. Like that's when I say to her I was like, "What made you think?" Like I laugh at that. Like and then when they like my mom does this thing. I remember the other night and I think this is relatable to what we're talking about because the other night I went in the house and I didn't eat all day. So they came home from dinner and I, and they brought home leftovers and it was like 9:30 and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to eat." And I go in the house and then she double locks the door. And so, like, I guess I woke her up and it was like, she's like, why did, oh my God, what did you, and I was like, who did you think it was? I live in the pool, like, I'm in the pool house. Like, I've been here for a month at this point. And she's like, oh my God, just text me next time, text me. And then I start pulling the chicken out of the fridge and she's like, oh my God, where, you're going to have the chicken? You're going to have the chicken? Oh my God, you're going to have the chicken? And I'm going, and I stopped her. I go, you had, and it was like, I let it happen for like 10 minutes. And I go, You've done this for 10 minutes now. Are you done? I go, from the minute I walked in to the minute I sat down, you have not stopped yelling at me because I'll leave right now. I will go back to the house. I'll put away the chicken. I'll go back to the house. And she was like, she started laughing at how nudgy she was being. And And I think parents have to have this like, you have to let them wake up a little bit. And I think this happens with when they try to fix you up and you go, okay, just take a minute and go. And it happens with hecklers. And I, I, I remember when I would be on stage and I would want to like get the heckler back right away. No, no, no. Let your parents have their peace and then go, okay, what about this guy do you think is a good match for me? And Well, you should go out with someone. Hold on. I'm not really very attracted. Um, you know, and get into attraction, get into the things that make up a relationship. And I do think the minute you start like getting in the, in the weeds about how you look at a man and what you're looking for, and you make them a part of that process, they're either going to go, this is too much for me. Or they're going to go, oh yeah, I guess you're right. I, I, I wouldn't date them. Like, would you date them mom? 
You know, like like questions. My mom like probably that. would date them. She <laughs> dates everyone. Well, I, I, but I'm saying like I think more interested questions, and in, because I think the minute you come at a parent with a no, they just think you don't you don't want to hear take the good medicine, and it's like the minute you start taking the medicine from them, they go, oh, this was the wrong medicine. I do think they they figure it out. Right. I think it depends on the parent, but I do think it does depend if. If after a while you're feeling unhappy with this level of pressure, I think it might be good to have a little distance. Just like no, that, I would recommend I, anyone. I think that's a good option. I, I just think like it, it is. I, you're going to have to deal with these people forever. And it's like it's like at a certain point you got to like I, I'm just like, what? What do you want? What? Like I I know every time I slow it down and I ask questions, my conversations with my parents are a thousand times better. Right. All right. Well, give that a sh- shot. Give it a shot. Let us know how right it back. goes. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear back. I want to hear what these parents say. Let them listen to this episode. Put them on exactly. right now. Put them on right now. Let me let me get in their ear. Hey, mom, cut the shit. Your daughter wants to blow a few guys over the next few years and she'll find a guy when she's ready. Okay, now get her off. We'll start the show. There you go. Problem solved. (laughs) Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code podcast15. You know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right, and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. Let's do some awkward sex. Send yours in. UUP at Betches.com. UUP at Betches.com. Here we go. J&J, new listener here, was introduced by a girl I'm dating, and you guys have absolutely lived up to the hype. Thank you. I have an awkward sex story that you guys might appreciate. This story happened 10 years ago and is the most awkward losing your virginity story that I've ever heard about. I haven't told many people this story, but the world needs to know. 
I like that this is a dude that wrote in, and I like that he's introduced by a girl he's dating, and he's like, this story happened 10 years ago. Like, that is one of those enunciations that guys do before they tell a sex story. Just so you know, this isn't me now. Years, eons, forever ago, some girl. I don't even remember her name. Yeah. So as a 17-year-old high school boy, you basically only think about sex and video games, and I didn't have an Xbox or PlayStation. In between sifting through the library of... (laughs) Womp womp. Oh, a poor virgin. Oh. (laughs) In In between sifting through the library of Congress amount of porn on the internet, I somehow convinced a girl to start dating me. Someone must have been slipping me IV Viagra because at the beginning of that relationship, I had a perpetual boner just in case, quote unquote, I was about to have sex. This is a huge high school problem is the the boner that you can't handle. It's like, you know, when you see like someone with a hose that's like two like in the cartoons when they pick up the hose and they start waving around with the hose that's what a high school boner is like that's a high school boner just uncontrolled finally the day had come where sex was going to happen i was a virgin she was not in my parents basement on that couch that's been there for years and no one knows where it came from everyone's parents have this furniture we started making out and began some heavy petting naturally i had arrived in boner city population me i feel like that is such like guy lot like <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not I, much I love has changed guy. since high school no <laughs> I, the- <laughs> like, like i heard that and i was like i get it i get it boner okay. city population oh. me <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised that he was a virgin <laughs> yeah who, i'm surprised he still isn't you know he, he isn't still i've never seen a vagina at this point so firstly as the heavy petting progresses, I have to start my quest for the vagina. This should tell. I mean, like, people think I'm lying when I'm talking about, like, how little men know about a female's body. Like, you know before sex what a penis looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like, shocking, I feel like, the first time you mm. see one. It's like. Yeah. Like, you it, know. Wow. <laughs> This is It's like the 3D version of what's on the page. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so. It's. It's just like so foreign to like any part that you have. I guess the difference is like it's almost one is like, internal and one yeah. is external. But I guess like when you see a penis in a textbook, you're like, okay, I get it. Like it's almost cartoonish. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It looks like you know, like a tail. It's like it, you know whatever it is. <laughs> but when a vagina, when the vagina would come up in the textbook, I'd be like, ugh. Come on, move to a new chapter. This is too, this is like long division. Like it, it just looks too complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, you know, but it, it just looks like there's like, you know, f- to the 10th factor. I'll cheat on this test. You know, like. Yeah, I think I felt similarly about the penis. Yeah, okay. Too. So I hadn't realized the vagina is so centered in the body. Okay, that doesn't sound right <laughs> at all. What does that even mean? Like centered a belly. I body. think a centered in the body is a belly button. Yeah, I don't think a. Has this guy still not seen a vagina? I know, right? (laughs) It'd be so funny if it was a belly button this whole time. (laughs) He's been fucking belly buttons. This guy just got off in my belly button. It was weird. Um, I hadn't realized the vagina is so centered in the body. So walking my hand farther and farther back until I... Oh, I guess centered under 
the legs. Oh, okay. This makes sense. I actually had a similar uh, issue. When you're putting your hand <laughs> down a woman's pants, like the penis is like front and center. Right. It's very obvious where the penis is, obviously. Yeah. You can't miss it. There's yeah. a few different holes I can see if you didn't know anything being a little confused. There's like yeah. three holes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I do understand that the first time I like fingered a girl, I remember thinking like, do I keep going down? Am I too far? <laughs> Did I miss it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I hadn't realized the vagina is so centered in the body, so walking my hand farther and farther back until I felt a hole was not a good idea. Because yes, you guessed it, I started accidentally figuring her butthole. It's aggressive for the first time. So he did miss the vagina. Yeah. I mean, he has a butthole. I'm surprised he didn't. It's weird. It's like that. it's like putting a tie on someone else. Like it's all, you know. Yeah. Everything's out of place. Like on a quick on a on a what did you say? What is this word? Kixotic? I don't know what that means. I'd have to Google it. I'm going to Google it right now. On a kixotic like on a kixotic mission. What does it mean? Exceedingly idealistic, unrealistic, and impractical. Now we know why this guy was a virgin. Yeah. Again. He's reading the, di- <laughs> the, the dictionary. Yeah. If you're going to write a, a smart word to make us look stupid, I mean, at least define it afterwards. Like on a di- <laughs> kixotic mission, I had finally differentiated the p- pink from the stink. <laughs> I like how this guy uses Kixotic in the same email that he uses the phrase Boner City. Oh, boner City. Well, also in the same sentence as Pink from the Stink. Pink, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's filled with like contra- <laughs> contradictory like feelings about who he is. I don't even know. I took out my moderately sized high school penis and having only seen porn at this point without knowing the actual mechanics of having sex, I just started aimlessly thrusting hoping that at some point I stab her vagina and begin the sex-making process. I finally start feeling like I'm in something, and, and I feel proud as fuck. This, per, this email should send this guy back to high school health class. Like, I, I think yeah. this, is, this email is a failure of the school system. Of, of the public school system, <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> Background, the couch we were on was extremely old. The cushions were very soft and mushy and just kind of blended into everything from years of being sat on. As I'm thrusting, sweating begins to drip down my brow. She looks at me and goes, is it in yet? I mean, damn, I wasn't out here thinking I was Johnny Sins. Let's not pretend we don't all know who he is. I don't know who, know who that is. I don't, I know, don't who know who, who that is. Okay. Maybe he's a huge penis. I don't. Maybe he's a huge penis porn person. I guess he, he really sends- doesn't. I thought maybe it was a porn star. Yeah, he's, or something. he's a porn star. He must oh, have a big penis. Okay. But I figured someone knew when my body part was inside of them. I then looked down and realized, yes, I had lost my virginity to a couch. My girlfriend then guides me inside of her for all of seven seconds to be able to have uh, have had sex with a human being for once, and then it's over. She finishes with a bear hug and whispers in my ear, "Congrats on losing your virginity." What a nice thing! That's I, that's a nice thing. I know to <laughs> say. Like graduate, that is sweet. Like she's graduating. <laughs> you congratulate. Did it. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, me and the couch still have some tension with uh, one another to this day. Hope you found this funny. Sincerely, the love cedar. So what do you think, Jordana, this this adventure well, we just went on? Um, I feel like the first time is always a little awkward and weird. This sounds like um, a more extreme version of that. 
Yeah. I mean, the first time sucks. It sucks for everybody. Nobody, I, I mean, I, I feel I like can't. More, more so for men, I would imagine. Just because, like, I feel like it's easier to get away with doing less for the as a woman you're kind of well like, yeah you're in charge i mean sex is a uh is a can be difficult you're the one like that's moving the whole operation yeah. you're in charge of the time you're in charge of the yeah it's just a, the pace, it's a yeah. the pace like you know women can kind of starfish and it's like you did it good job but like also women are also in the unbearable position of having to watch this monstrosity <laughs> of a situation. Like, right. And try to like not be turned off by like what's everything. going on. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, can you imagine you're this underneath a, a guy who's, yeah, this is a mess. Like who's you're having sex the with the couch next to you. <laughs> and you're expected to believe that you're on the same mental wavelength. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I guess the beauty of losing your virginity earlier in life is that like you haven't had as much experience yourself to know that mm. like just how bad it is. Sure. Do you know what yeah. I mean? To me, I mean, that makes me, yeah. it makes me understand. I, I think the hesitancy of a lot of older people to have sex, with people who have never had sex before, because yeah. once you've had more experience, I feel like you have more expectations in that way, you know? too totally and it also it just feels like you're just sitting like part of the sex is the sex do you know what i mean like part of the first time of sex like is having the sex like that's like it's not only like one of part of the sex is the sex (laughs) well the mountains you have to get over it's like not only do you have to last a long time and be a performer and move your hips right but now it's like now I have to do this thing that I'm just expected to know how to do. Right. Which I, I guess especially is probably tougher if you're with someone who's already, who is not a virgin. Cause if you're yeah. both virgins, then like, it's kind of like, okay, we'll like see what happens. And there's a sense of like, we'll figure it out. But like when one We're person is together, <laughs> right. Yeah. When one person isn't, it's like, there's a lot more to judge. Yeah, I mean, let's take take away the virginity, red flag or deal breaker. You're having sex with a guy who's fucking a couch by accident, <laughs> not you. I mean, that would be a deal again. Assuming we're not seventeen, and yeah. this is, I'm like, I'm my my thirty one year old self. I think that would yeah. be a deal breaker. <laughs> At this point yeah. in my life, I think I would be looking for more experience in a partner. I but, would too. Yeah, yeah. But if it was like my high school boyfriend, and like, I think it would probably be funny. Yeah, I, 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 I would hope I told, that everyone could have a good friends. laugh. Yeah, and then <laughs> now you know, now he's you know, he, now he's like the couch kid. Everyone knows him. He gets a yeah. nickname. What would you call this? Deep couch. Um, I don't even know. What do you think? The lazy boy. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's yeah, great. I didn't want to give it away, but that's what they could all call him too. Like, oh, look at lazy boy. You know, like that would be fun. That's funny. Yeah. You've already I, I, figured out a name to taunt him. It's like you are in high school. <laughs> in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Let's do an email. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Hey, J&J. Thanks for all you do. Getting to my point. My question is whether or not it's sketchy for your boyfriend to hide his story from certain female followers on Instagram and then lie to you about it. I don't even know if we need to read the rest of the rest of the email. Yeah. What um, what what details could she provide? She sounds would, happy about it. That would make him sound um, worse than that. All right. My boyfriend and I have been dating for almost two years. We've discussed the topic of sharing pictures of each other slash together on Insta so many times. And his answer is always that he doesn't want to share his relationship on Instagram, period. He doesn't have any photos of his past relationships, but his Instagram is full of other parts and people in his personal life, like his friends and family. In the first year of dating, we talked about this a lot and I was a bit offended, but I eventually dropped it and thought I got over it. I decided if I wanted to, if I wanted to post photos about us and him, I should just go ahead and do it, even if he won't. I still don't post uh, very often and definitely feel weird about doing it most of the time. I second guess myself thinking things like, is this weird because he'll never post anything about me? Should I just not post anything about him either? Anyway, this past summer, he decided he wanted to post a story with me in it. It was low-key candid photo of me and didn't say anything about me being his girlfriend. I know I shouldn't care, but it did make me feel happy. A few days later, I asked him about how to how to hide your story from someone since I wanted to hide mine from some friends, parents that had recently followed me. He kind of got weird and said he didn't know how to do that. We're open with each other and know each other's passwords. So I looked at on his phone, even though I probably shouldn't have while he Uh wasn't in the room. Another (laughs) another day, another another phone snoop. I saw that he actually hides his story from quite a few people, 20 plus who are all girls. Uh, not tw- not like 20 plus year olds but 20 no. plus people yeah yeah <laughs> but also uh, this guy i okay yeah something else <laughs> they're all guy. girls shocking i saw I, I know i i i'm starting to laugh but like it's just like sometimes as a guy you see guys doing things and you're like man this guy's got a it's like he's balancing teacups on top of each other like First, it's I don't want you. I don't want to put. St- I don't put anyone on my Instagram. Then it's a story. Then I don't know how to do that. Then it's twenty <laughs> plus girls that are <laughs> right. And those twenty plus girls, she says, I saw exes, girls he's told me he's been with in the past, and many that were totally unknown to me. Overall, it was pretty clear though that these weren't relatives or friends or par- friends' parents or anything like that. I never said anything because I felt bad for looking at his phone and realized I shouldn't go looking for things I don't want to know. I know you'll both say that there are bigger trust issues going on here if I need to pry on his phone, but I found his reaction sketchy, sketchier that he he lied to my face. What do you think of this? I, I felt hurt and stupid that I got excited over him sharing a story about me when clearly he's trying to keep me a secret from people or seem single, as well as being upset that he lied to my face. Thanks for all your wisdom. The offline only girlfriend. <laughs> The, it, this this email is interesting because it's funny. She says a couple things that like, let me start by saying in her email, she said, um, I know it's stupid that she got excited. I don't think it's stupid at all. No, that's something she's wanted. Yeah, she's again, like, I think we're taught in some ways to think that social media is stupid and like not a big deal. But like, that's where we all live. 
It is a big deal. Yeah, it's part of the current of the relationship going down the river. And you noticed that the current was being held up by a dam that was social media being kind of happening without you in his life when all the other things in his life are happening. So it's not stupid at all. I think she needs to let go of that. Most We all need to let go of that because it hurts everything else. I mean, I think especially he's like sort of dangled the carrot in front of her for so long and never done it to where I can see where she would, of course, be excited about it. But I was excited the first time Mike posted me on social media, too. I was like, okay, like this is like someone public because it feels like a public declaration of like, um, I'm with this person. And I think that feels good. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you 100%. It feels good to like have people like comment, like, look how great you guys look together. Like people, oh, is this the girl? Like guys feel that way too. Like it does. When I post with Jess, it feels really good. When I put her on my story and people tell me, you know, how much they, how happy we look like that's a, that feels really good to me too. Like let's not, this isn't just a female thing. This is anyone who's happy in their relationship or letting the relationship and to go back to like the river metaphor that I was doing is like it feels good to have the like you know to grow together to go with each other to kind of flow together it, it, yeah that feels good it, it's interesting to me two things the way she starts this email is is not the email <laughs> like she goes like if she asked just the beginning is it sketchy for your boyfriend to hide a story from certain female followers on Instagram and then lie to you about it I would go. That's not that big a deal. That on its own, not as big a deal. There's people... You think not a big deal? We all have our own reasons for blocking people from our stories that actually make us all sound a little bit small, a little bit petty. And it could be someone, hey, I really like this person, and seeing them watch my stories felt bad. We've given the advice on this podcast to be like... Hey, if so, if seeing the person on your on on your stories feels bad or watching your stories feel bad, block them from your stories. We've given that. I've given that advice. You have too. So, I can see how someone would go. I don't know, like kind of try ignore that because it's a, especially in a relationship where they're happy and with someone, and go. I don't really. I'm not ready to like show that side of me. I can understand early that. in the game. You're saying early, even. Like, I don't even feel the need to explain it. Like, and it's been years. I haven't thought about it in years, but now I have to go back and re-bring it up and explain to you that I don't care about this person, but I also have them blocked from my story, and it's actually just been helpful when it was back then, so I've just kept it over all these years. It's just made life easier. Like, okay. I can totally see that. Like, if sure, that, if, with a few if, people. I don't know about well, 30 people. When the, when the story then gets told... And it's, I avoid having you on Instagram and then it's 20 plus women of people he's been with and been, you know what I mean? Like then the story is a more fraught thing, right? Well, then it's like, I'm trying to hide you. That's what it feels like. Right. Well, and I can totally understand. I think that's what it is. You don't think think at this point, this is what it is. If he's like, I don't like to post that about myself. And then she sees it and... He's either doing something sketchy that he's trying to get away with or he's trying to hide you. Yeah, it's one or the other. Or I I think it's like more overall to me, it's someone who wants to keep this relationship this serious as it stands right now. 
he two years in. Two years in. Well, he well I, again. Just because you're two years in doesn't mean you're two years along. You know, like you could be right. I, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, where it's like time works kind of differently to a guy. A guy will go two years. Oh shit, and he's still acting like someone who's dating you for six months. Right. Like to me, this sounds like a relationship that's two years in, but he's still acting like it's six months in. Yeah. And I think that, like, I also think if someone is posting, like, all about all other aspects of their personal life, but they're not posting you, that that in itself, on its own, I think, is is a really big red flag. It's like, why, if you're proud to share all the rest of this stuff, why wouldn't you be excited to share me? Why are you trying to, like, live in limbo with our relationship totally i i'm I'm with you 100 percent, and i think i think that's the bigger problem it's not it's the you know the the blocked people from the stories on its own fine that's one thing i can i can see how it's explained it's the that in addition to hiding your life when uh, from the feed posts especially she only got a story post wasn't that what it was she got a story post. Yeah. And then yes. she realized he had she was so happy that he had done it and then realized that he had stopped these people from seeing it. Yeah. And so but I think the other part of her email that I'm like, I, I is part of her problem um, is she goes, I know you'll both say the bigger trust issues going, but I found this reason this reaction sketchy, sketchier that he lied to my face. What do you think of this? I felt hurt and stupid that I got so excited. over. It. She's trying to make him evil. And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just. I mean, this guy is like being kind of manipulative. So I, I, from if the facts that she's giving are all correct facts, this guy is like does seem like I can see on her perspective. It's like he's trying to pull one over on you. Like he's trying but, to like play. But he's trying to set himself up to be like on the market or hide certain or be shady. He's being shady. I, I'm I agree with you. I'm not trying to say that I, I don't I don't doubt any part of her story, but I'm saying there's a point where she has to go. Like. You're two years in and you're saying you're saying I feel stupid for, uh, you know, I feel hurt and stupid that I got excited over him sharing a story about me. It's like, OK, it's OK. I I've, I've felt stupid so many times in my life. What do I do next? What do you do next? Right. The, you know, do you, are you going to go? Do you want us to tell you he's a manipulative guy? Yeah, okay. We just told you that. He's he's being manipulative. He's being shady. It's time to end this. I don't think yeah. this is going to be I don't think you come back from this to to be honest. I think there's too many there's been too much time and this guy isn't looking to go further with you and you want this to go further. I think she has to admit to that. Right, that it's not, this is almost like a symptom of what's actually going on, which is that she wants to be in a more committed, more serious relationship, and this guy is sort of leaving her in the, like, in the middle of, like, a limbo, like, will they, won't they public situation. And I think it's totally okay, even if you hadn't seen that he had blocked those girls, to say, listen, like, you post about all this other stuff on social media. It doesn't make me, it makes me feel like you're not proud or excited to be with me when you have when you you share all these other aspects of your life, but you don't share me, I would think I I think of you as an important per, important part of my life that I would share just like anything else. So it's a bit of a red flag to me that you're not sharing that. Yeah, I I and it's it again. It starts at being okay that this is a problem. 
Yeah. And I think these, I think that this is not the main, like we said, like this is a symptom of the bigger issue, but I think you can leverage this to oh, open yeah. the conversation about what the bigger issue is, which is that you want to be more serious. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, I, I'm not even on your Instagram profile. To me, it feels like I'm being hid. I'm putting you on my so- social media. I would expect that you would be as excited as I am to put me on yours. Yeah. How do you feel? And then it's, and then just quiet. And just see what he says. And I think right. this will end the relationship. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that he's told you that he doesn't want to share his relationship on Instagram, period, with no explanation, to me, is not someone who's communicating well with you or having, like, open, honest conversations. Yeah. And and do you want to be with someone who doesn't want to share you? Like, yeah. with, with his friends and family. And that's the question I would ask myself. I, it doesn't sound like you do, so... You want to play some games? Let's do it. Let's do it. Red flag deal breaker. Let's start it up. You ready? I'm ready. Red flag or deal breaker. You make a quick bathroom break before having sex only to come out and find your boyfriend recording a video message to his sister. Some background. My early stage boyfriend and I were on a weekend getaway. We had a little tiff that morning and had returned to the hotel for a little kiss and make up. Before things went farther, I took a quick break to use the bathroom. When I came out, I saw the guy recording a video message on his phone. I immediately asked what he was doing. He explained that his sister had sent him a text asking him to check his Marco Polo, this video message app he and his family used to communicate, because it was important. He then checks Marco Polo, thinking it might be an emergency. After realizing it was not an emergency, she just wanted some home remodeling advice or something. He still chose to record a message back to her again in between us making out and about to have sex. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. It was definitely a mood killer for me and ultimately became a deal breaker. I wouldn't be that angry about this. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. He got I bored. You were in the bathroom. He answered a thing. Then he was like, I might as well just do it now. To me, this, I mean, like, it was a deal breaker for her. I assume there were some other issues yeah. that were actually the real deal breaker. To me, it's like I could see myself doing this. I'm sort of addicted to my phone. I'm sure you are too. Absolutely. Where you're like, eh, I'm already in that. Let me just, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's not like you're in the middle of having sex. Yeah. And yeah. And it's like, I, I'm sorry to break it to her. Her going, uh, you making out and then going, I'm just going to go freshen up. And then you go in the bathroom. He doesn't believe that you're in there like powdering your face before you get ready for this big lovemaking experience. Like you're in there taking a shit, removing, you know, maybe a tampon, taking a piss. Like it's not like you're doing like, right. you know, anything that's great. Like, like in his yeah. mind, it's like, yeah, I'm going to jump on my you phone. She's the in there for a yeah. second. Yeah. I, I don't I mean this to me is it's more of a red flag of someone getting mad at me for this. Like, like, listen, my 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 mind wandered off. I'm my bad. I'm sorry. Right. I thought it was an emergency. So I'm already out of this yeah. zone of like of being in a sexual experience because my head went somewhere else and then I just decided to go with it. What's the big deal? That happens all the time where it's like, again, not in sexual sense, but it's like you're texting with someone and then you're like, oh, I got to look this up. And then you go to look it up and you're on a different app. And then all of a sudden you're on Instagram and then you're on Twitter and you're like, what was I supposed to look up? Like this happens on the phone. Like these things are, this is like to me, like Jordana, like you said about being addicted. Like this is to me like getting mad at someone for like, 
pulling out a cigarette after they eat when they're used to having sick. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Right. They have an addiction. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, red flag or deal breaker? They they doesn't doesn't text you until a week after your first date, or if you had texted them, they don't respond for a week after you text them after the first date. Um, to so you me, go out with a girl, and it you takes text a her week, after, and, what's and up? she doesn't get back oh. for a week. I would just no, that wouldn't be I, that'd be a deal breaker for me. You just wouldn't answer the return. Uh, maybe I would, uh, but I would think of them in a different way. I would think of them as like, okay, if they're getting back to me, this is someone that is on my casual bench. Okay. So like if a woman doesn't get back to me, and but she does get back to me for a week, I would assume she's not really that excited about you know us talking, but still is willing to talk You'd to still me. still have sex with her. I'd still fuck her. Yeah. Like that's not, like, that's not, but it would be like, that wouldn't be someone I'd be like in a rush to go on a second date with. I wouldn't be as excited. What right. It would definitely kill the momentum. I think, I mean, I think if I like someone and I went on a good first date with them and I hadn't heard from them by like the next day, I would text them. And then yeah. if they didn't respond to that text, then if they didn't text me for a week and I didn't text them either, I think it might be a little different. Mm hmm. Because I would kind of think of it as like, oh, we're both kind of like on the fence. And then they gave it a second thought. But like, I would still probably be like, we're clearly not that into each other if no one's texted anyone. But if I texted them and they didn't answer for a week, yeah, they're done. Yeah. The hope of a first date is to have such a fun time that you want to keep talking to them that you would have something to say within a week, right? Right. Like if it's like you could go on a date and then I'm totally out of your mind for a whole week, then I think you're not that into me. Yeah, and the question always comes up where it's like, sh if he doesn't text you right after the date, should I even text? And it's like, I, I don't believe in waiting, like playing the pride game. Like like you said, Jordana, like, yeah, text the next day. If I, have so if I had something to say, I'd be texting them. But if I have nothing to say except for, like, it would be more worrisome to me that I have nothing to say after I had a fun time. Like, I after a date, I would send them, I had a good time. Thank you for coming out. If I had nothing to say to them for another week, I would be worried about how interested I am. Right. I think I think it's oh, it's a bad sign in either way if the communication is is has week long gaps, it means you're just someone or both people are not that into it. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Well, that's is our that show. It? We did it. That's it. We solved dating yeah. again. Jordana, great job. I think we once again we did it, right? We did it. Look at us, solve dating. <laughs> and we'll be back. We'll be back on Sunday for our Sunday special. Boom. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton only on Netflix, May 16th. Betches.